What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have the man who taught me everything I know about unconventional training. He's the director of education at Onnit and low-key a badass X-Men. I'd like you guys to help us welcome Shane Hines. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Sweated Out Podcast. Today, we have an amazing individual. He has taught me in particular so much. I know Anthony uh, has learned a lot from him through what he built at Onnit, or what he helped build. We're talking today to the Director of Education for Onnit, Shane Hines. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing very well. How's it going, brother? Very well. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. I have one quick question before we get going. Um, which one of you two did the voice for that intro? Uh, neither of us, actually. <laughs> Shout out to Fiverr. I can't Shout even remember the guy. Fiverr, right? Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm like, man, uh, I don't know if my that out. I don't know if my voice sounds that sexy. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> we might we might have some radio voices, but I don't know about that. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can turn pro yet. That's another level right there. So how's everything been, man? I mean, obviously a lot has changed for, for everyone inside the fitness industry. Uh, so let's just kind of dive right in there. You know, how have things been going for you since uh, COVID hit? And, you know, what are some of the adjustments that you've had to make in your personal life and, and with uh, what you're doing with on it? Yeah, I think it's been uh, it's been an interesting one. Uh, for all of us. And I think part of what's been really interesting over this time is having the initial presence of something as big as a worldwide pandemic and, uh, and the adjustments that, uh, that have made for, that has made for everybody. And I think that, uh, it has been, uh, okay for some and not so great for others. And I think that's an important thing that I continue to remind myself about and continue to be super, super grateful for the opportunity of the position that I am in that has allowed me to keep doing what I'm doing uh, without uh, too much being weighed down uh, by uh, changes and shifts due to COVID. And with that, and that was something that really in the first couple of weeks I really reflected on a lot because I, I think in that when it, when it really got going, at least here in the U S it was something that was short term for a lot of us. We kind of saw it as, okay, the next four weeks, okay, four more weeks after that. Okay. It's probably going to be a three month window and then eventually having to get to the point where we're like, okay, new norm, you know, and mm. this could be a year or two. And we just kind of have to settle in and, and find what will allow us to uh, be present and focus on what we can do in the now to continue to, you know, the process of growth. I think a lot of these things, when there's the uncertainty of what's to come, uh, it can put the brakes on for a lot of us. And then we end up in this pattern of waiting and uh, being static because we don't know what next steps to take. Mm. And I think which I was even like, I was affected. I think everybody has been affected in some way at different times through this, where you kind of feel the, the gears grinding a little bit. I go, ah, what's going on. And, uh, through that though, 
very early on, one of the things that I, that helped me get through that initial period was thinking about being in the position that I was lucky enough to be in and not just my position at on it as the director of education and doing and doing that but the position that we got to be in as a company that uh the, the position that i was in that continued to serve the company in the way that it could and therefore continue being of service to other people and i think that was one of the things that really uh, was very front and center for me as i was faced with like okay what's going on and um where is this going for me and how is this affecting my family and how is this affecting my friends and how is this affecting people in my community? And then just the country as a whole, the world as a whole. And so one of the things was, Oh, well, I'm in a position that I get to keep working and I get to keep providing a value to my family to the company, ensuring that it continues to uh, also be successful. Like, and in that way, I'm being of service to the people, everyone else that works within the company, because if our company is healthy, then it means that everybody has a job. And if we all have a job, then we all get to continue moving forward. And so to the very best that I could, and then recognizing that, um, the work that I was getting to do was going to continue to be of service to the people that we serve, our customers, uh, the people that follow on it and use the Onnit products and use the Onnit fitness and whatnot. So that for me was very much a, okay, short term, where's this all going? Just focus on the now and I have a job. Thank you. And I have projects that I can work on that are beneficial to the community and beneficial to other people. All of that kept me going over the short term. And then as we were moving forward and just having to sink in a little bit more into the long term, I'm originally from Canada and uh, the border was closed. So every summer we try and go back and see family and that's which is important for uh, my wife, myself, our kids and being able to connect. And we weren't able to this summer. And so that changed things dynamics a little bit uh, in terms of, oh, what are we going to do this summer? And, uh, and then you're kind of thinking, well, we're here. What can we do? Mm-hmm. And everything is closed down. So there's <laughs> like, all right, so then what can we do? And just we just work out more, right? <laughs> just yeah, work out more. Uh, that, you know, it, it's funny having that, uh, having that space to really be able to think about, oh, can I do that? And I think it's been interesting talking with different people and, uh, and even being able to, we have a Facebook group, uh, Facebook group called the Onnit Tribe, and is uh, it's a private group, but it's open to anyone that wants to come in, and it's an opportunity for anyone who's connected to Onnit to be able to come as a community and talk. And it's been interesting talking with people, and then also being in that community and just being able to see the regular day to day challenges that folks are facing and being able to see a mirror of, Oh yeah, this is the stuff that I'm dealing with as well. It's the stuff we're all dealing with. And in that, uh, in that community, being able to see both sides that, Hey, I I have more time on my hands. I'm just going to work out more. And that is awesome. 
And then the other side is the mental weight of all of this. And despite having a little, maybe a little more flexibility for some people to be able to take that time to do it more, uh, feeling pressure or feeling like they need to do more of other things that are not associated with taking care of themselves, uh, which is an interesting thing that keeps coming up because before the pandemic, it was, oh, I need to take care of myself, but I'm so busy yeah. with all these <laughs> other things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think through this process, what's been really interesting or through this time, what's been really interesting is more often than not, a lot of people being able to hone in on what is most important to them. And then because because of an uncertain future, because of an uncertain, like the uncertainty of what's to come, what are things going to look like? Uh, where do I go from here? And just being able to hone in on what is important. And, and for a lot of folks, I think that's the, the time and connection with family has been a really big one. And uh, I think for some, I've seen like being able to finally work on projects, not work on projects that they think they need to do, but rather work on the projects that have been sitting in the back of their head for the last five years and just going, Oh, I need to get to that. Oh, I need to get to that. And finally going, okay, what's really important right now. And I've had this thing on the back burner. I really want to do this. Let's, you know, let's get to it. Uh, And then, uh, and then taking care of oneself, and that there's been way more attention to fitness uh, for on it as a health and wellness and fitness oriented company uh, we've seen. And that's part of the position that we've been able to be in and just really buckle down and uh, and give tenfold through that. But as a company, we've done well. We've actually have been doing better because what we have to offer is along the lines of what people are recognizing as being more important in their life. That being said, there is also, and I think that has been a gift of this time, is time to sit with the resistance I think that's something that, you know, we all face through our lives when, when we're thinking about eating better and training and everyone, like most of us have the intention of wanting to do that, wanting to do it more, wanting to do it better and wanting to get better as a result. But then as we're going through, there's the want and then there's getting past the resistance of the practical things that may be in your way time-wise or space-wise, but then the mental elements that are the little voice that keeps making the excuses or creates procrastination or, you know, really, which are all symptoms of what's going on a little bit deeper and why am I being so resistant to not necessarily working out or eating better, but just being able to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? if, uh, if I do, and how is that equated with value? So, yeah, so it's been a, it's been very interesting (laughs) on a professional and personal level. Uh, and I think on a professional level, as I had, uh, alluded to, there's been for us, like Josh and I 
have trained Josh's come to quite a few of the certifications, all of them, many, almost all of them. Yeah. I think all just, them, yeah. just About suspension. I don't think I've been to suspension. That might be oh, the yeah. only one. Well, and suspension, battle, we didn't have any of them. Battle so rope, battle rope too. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and come out to the same certification multiple times as well. And, uh, and so I've had the great joy of getting to know Joshua and just, uh, what an amazing individual you are. And appreciate uh, that. So same goes to you. It's a beautiful man over here. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I think, you know, with that, the certifications and the education is a big part of what we do from the fitness side of things Mm -hmm. that on it but it's also a big part of what I do. And, uh, in, you know, along with the co-creation of the Onnit fitness system with John Wolf, uh, I oversaw the development of our certifications, working with our coaches who taught them. I also taught, uh, quite a few of them, uh, on a regular basis. And that actually, for me, I, everybody knows is like one of, I feel so purposeful, and meaningful in all of the work that I do, but there's an extra element of like soulful filling of the well when I get to teach the certifications because it puts me in contact with people. And that's, I am a people person. And a lot of what I'm doing around all of this is to be of service to others, to help, uh, help them elevate in their lives so that they can feel empowered to also not only in their own lives, but do the same for others and create this ripple effect. And so when the pandemic hit, the certifications got brought to a close and we took that, you know, we took that on like that responsibility on very seriously. We didn't want to be creating an environment uh, for the potential of folks for, you know, for it not to be safe, especially in the early go. We Mm -hmm. didn't know what this was looking like. Yeah. And so we ended up making the decision to, uh, put the certifications on hold until the end of this year. And, uh, as 2021 comes about, we'll, you know, we'll slowly start taking a look at that. Uh, I think we still have some learnings, uh, with the pandemic as we go through the different seasons, cause we haven't yeah, gone sure. through the whole gamut of seasons and what that looks like. Well, I definitely want uh, to say real quick, uh, I know that off the bat, what you guys have done with on it, even um, this is before COVID. I think you guys have set yourself up really well with the on it six and all the content you guys push out and the branding and, you know, the, the guys, you know, at on it, like, you know, your athletes and your coaches and all that. I think you guys set yourself up really well for something like this. Um, and on it six was a huge, huge. part. I'm sure. I mean, and, that had been, and then the fact that, you know, what a great time to be a uh, mm-hmm. uh, equipment selling fitness company. Exactly. You know, like the kettlebells are jumping off the, off the shelf. You can even find one online. You're no. like sold out. Everything. I think it, that actually, I saw that come up, that that was an actual like news relevant thing that took hold and kind of going kettlebells are sold out <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I was on Facebook Marketplace selling a couple of mine. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy some. Yeah, I'll buy some later. I'm, like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and I think, and so that, while you know, the education that side of things is a major part of what I have been responsible for. 
something that a lot of folks don't necessarily, you know, the people who know me don't necessarily know and are slowly, you know, it's like, Oh wait, you were part of the on it six thing as well. This is actually <laughs> what I was doing prior to coming to on it with my own business was developing online programs before online programs was kind of a big thing. It was still who we were still riding the line between DVDs and did you ever have VHS tapes like Matt pack? Did you ever make VHS? Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> Cause if so, I got to look on eBay for one of those. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, no, I never, I never had any of my own stuff on, uh, on VHS or DVD. It was at the point where DVD was still selling, where you still sold your programs and it was just transitioning to like people were starting to put things online. And so I immediately went to the online. I skipped the, the DVD <laughs> side of things, even though that'd be like a cool little memorabilia thing mm, with that, that up on my show. Cool. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but online, you know, uh, not that that's really relevant to the younger generation anyway. When no, they see my, that on the show. my sister doesn't know what a VHS player is. You <laughs> yeah. know, I used to tell, I used to even have to tell her like, listen, before they listen. put the rewinder with, with the thing, you have to take it out no. and put it into a rewinder oh, right. and then put it back into the, put it back <laughs> in the VHS crazy. player. Yep. A whole separate unit. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? You don't just slide, like, swipe back yeah. and forth <laughs> to rewind or fast forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so developing and basically producing my own online fitness programs was something that I had spent time doing and building out and developing. And so that was part of when I came to on it was always part of the plan from the beginning, uh, for John and I was looking at, okay, we have the education. We're going to have in-person certifications. We have there like lots of different elements that all tie into each other. But part of that is online digital content. And so when we got to the point where we were ready to start doing that, I ended up finding myself in the producer's chair of that process. And so John and I co-created the on it six series together and, uh, and being able to, you know, support and have him as our face for that series so that we could have people really hone in and focus on someone and connect to them. And it's been, it's actually been a real joy to be able to see people who do connect. They're like, Oh, I love, and they like throw out John quotes. I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's part of what that was, you know, that's supposed to be is, is people being able to connect to someone and someone like John, who is so personable and uh, just so real uh, on camera and, and a great coach. And I think that that's something that in, if I were to be in the role of producer for anything like that, to be able to do, uh, that was someone who is such a high quality coach like that is a really great thing to see because then when we watch the programs, like if I re-review the programs or anything and I'm listening to it, I'm just like, yes, 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 man. If people at home are able to take in this kind of coaching, then they are getting such a huge benefit and a huge gift, uh, from a distance without having to have the in-person coaching yet. There's, you know, there's only so much you can do online right. uh, from watching a video where there isn't this kind of interaction right. uh, where you can ask your questions and whatnot. So that's where, uh, while we were still teaching certifications and still, you know, uh, 
uh, a number of other projects that we've had on the go, we started almost just under three years ago uh, producing the On It 6 series. And going through that process and going from uh, figuring out systems. So I'd done it for myself. John had actually helped John and Isik had helped me film uh, one of my programs uh, previously. So we'd had a little bit of working together. It was just the straight filming though. So I was still doing all my own editing and own planning and all of those things. But for this, this was a bigger production and we had models in there and we had more cameras and it was a bigger thing. So while I had a solid sense of how I would want this to look and feel, it was also a learning process. And a big part for me was to continue because we were building a series of these was to continue to build out a system for production. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that on the front end was working with this amazing team uh, that we have continued to work with AHD multimedia and, uh, and Jim Walters. He's awesome. He's a great guy. So great. And yeah, you got a chance to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see a little bit behind the, behind the scenes. So I'm getting all the feels here. Joshua came out for uh, for one of those productions, um, not for the on at six foundations, but for the right. upcoming foundations online cert, and so that creating a production system with their team, and they'd never done anything fitness oriented like this. So there was a process of really working together, and it's so cool these couple years later to be able to talk to the editors on his team and to be able to speak to, Oh, you know what? Can we switch over to this shot? And, and my having to do that, getting even less and less and less because they have done this enough with us now and we spent enough time on the front end that they are looking when they're filming and editing, they're looking through the eye of a coach while they're looking through the lens of a camera. They've actually started looking through the lens of a coach and thinking about Oh, well, what's the person at home going to see? What's the person at home going to get related to them in terms of the information of how we move? And how we move is not, we do very standard movements, but there's a lot of movement that we do that is not standard. (laughs) It is not normal for most people. um, At least at first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I want to ask you real quick since you have so much experience, you know, as it sees with the online world starting from when it was its infancy and going and building these amazing programs with on it on your own. Where do you see the online game going? Where do you see online fitness going? What is going to be the future of it? What would you like for it to be? And, and what are you currently working on to be able to, um, you know, streamline this into effect moving forward now that we have seen what it's done, you know, especially heavily during COVID. Cause I, I truly believe that COVID sped up three to five years of what online would have been. 100%. Yeah. That's a, that's a great observation. Cause I think that was something even in the first month where, uh, I was having daily conversations with folks, uh, I think as everyone was just trying to navigate, oh my gosh, what what am I doing? What is this going to look like? And everybody, whether they like to or not, and not just trainers or personalities or you know coaches that do want whole gyms, 
when the whole gym had to shut down. And I'm like, all right, figure out this Zoom thing and I'll run my my living room, right? So uh, that definitely like sped it up five years, 100%. And I think there was a major benefit to that. Whatever loss came through the process, I think that really helped just nudge everybody into recognizing the value of online, not as the sole delivery, but as an adjunct to what they're doing in person. Mm -hmm. So this is, that's a, that's a really good question. It's hard to tell, you know, where it's going to go, partly because the technology continues to shape how we do things and for fitness that technology the technology is not necessarily being developed from the mindset of what would be ideal for fitness right it's taking in the encompassing okay how do we do business meetings how do we do uh classes like just uh, lectures for university how do we do like all these different things and And all of them don't necessarily translate directly into what would be ideal for fitness. But I think something that like we're actually in the process uh, right now, uh, my amazing wife, who was my uh, my tech and business partner uh, before I came to on it with my previous business, she really helped a lot with uh, building out what it was I had envisioned in my head. And so we're actually going back and uh, refurbishing those programs and being able to tap into the, just in a very simple way, I'm not doing anything super complicated, but just being able to tap into what's available now. And it's amazing because we made those 2010, 2011, 2012, excuse me. And what we were doing. And I, as I was looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's not ideal. Like looking at it from now, I'm like that's not ideal. But when I think about what we had available to us, like, man, that's bloody brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> because what we were doing was jerry rigging. It's like taking a, on a, a like a, I want to build a rocket and I want the rocket to go to the moon. What are we going to do? Well, let's take this dishwasher and uh, let's add, you know, this, this uh, Jerry can of fuel and this, this Jerry can of fuel. And fuse. Yeah. Just a massive yeah. contraption to try and make sense because what we were doing was, well, in the beginning when I was starting online delivery of fitness was really clunky. And it was primarily, there wasn't really streaming. Streaming was just, just coming. And it was terrible. The quality, oh, the, it was the, terrible. The load times, the lags. Uh, all of it, yeah. And so it was, uh, you know, it was primarily downloadable. Mm. But I remember even uh, seeing downloadable programs and going, man, there's got to be a better way. So I would take time and it takes time but to organize the entire download library so that when you hit download, everything's in, you know, numbered alphabetical order. It's super easy. You're like, oh, this workout, I go into this folder, click this, boom, done. And so there were all these little things that I was looking at as how do we tweak this to make the end user experience as you know, as unclunky as possible. And 
fast forward about almost 10 years. And now it's, it's funny because you can still, even with all the technology, I can be looking at it and going, okay, we have all this cool, more streamlined stuff, but the end user experience is still clunky. And so that's a big way of how I look at the delivery of fitness online is how do you make this as seamless as possible? And it's really easy if they're one-off workouts, if they're one-off workouts, which uh, while on at six is a six week program. And we have six of these six week programs focused on a different tool. They're phenomenal. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, the, it's still to have a program to have to navigate through multiple pieces of content in a way that makes sense. That is easily trackable is not always uh, automatic. Like it's not always automatic to like how that would make sense in a way that, Oh, if I'm a person using this on a daily basis, how can I make that less clunky? Yeah. And whereas a lot of online fitness right now is primarily focused, like this, the surge of online fitness, especially the last couple of our one-off classes. And that's different. And we've actually, we've, uh, we're producing a bunch of those as well, because that's part of the whole picture. Right. And but the one-off for streaming is easy because you go in, it's a library, you have, oh, what do I want to focus on today? Cool, I'm going to do that. Cool, I'm going to do that. You click it, you, you, you do it, you go back. There's nothing that you really have to track per se in that way. Um, and so I think that there's, um, yeah, there, it's about creating the end user experience in such a way that, because they're all busy in their lives as well. It's so easy for us as fitness professionals to kind of go, because we live in this world where we lay stuff out and we go, that makes total sense. <laughs> and then someone comes in and they're going, uh, yep. okay, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be, doesn't even have to sound rocket science. We just take for granted. Well, yeah, no, but when you do that many reps, it's obvious you can move on to this round for yeah. this many sets. And you're like, what's the problem? And so, so you're creating so something soon, right? You're going to fix those. Cl- I, know, I know you're going to fix all those clunks. You're going to create some kind of software <laughs> program. So that's what we're, you know, I think that's one of the things in terms of like how to progress. And that, that is something that I am uh, very proud of the platform that we have for the on at six programs. It's nothing super complicated or crazy insane, but our tech team, our, our tech development team, they did a really good, great job, like working in tandem with them and John and I being able to explain, you know, these ideas of, well, we want to have this and we want to have this, and this should be able to like transition into this and we should be able to have access to this. And then they came to the table with some really great ideas and it's simple, but it's elegant in its simplicity mm-hmm. and it makes it really easy to consume the content. And that's what you want. And that's just on a, on a web-based platform. It's not an app. And I think that's part of the interesting thing. And I haven't spent a lot of time in the app world yet. And I consumed via an app, but 
to kind of get in the weeds and think about, okay, what would I change and how would we build this out and how would we deliver it? Because the app really is like an app platform really is a solid kind of platform for people, just easy access because when you can download your content inside of an app and carry that with you where you don't necessarily need an internet connection, even though internet's getting you know more and more prevalent, but there are still places. I was out at Big Bend National Park last weekend with my family uh, down in South Texas at beautiful, about an hour outside of Terlingua. Cell phone reception was out. Oh. I had not. And the campground guy, the owner of the campground actually said, yeah, so if you need anything, just get a hold of me anytime. But text, because we're on a 3G tower or all the locals, none of the locals actually call each other. They only they communicate text. via text. Wow. <laughs> it, might, it might take an hour or two for the text Woo! to like ping through the tower. Wow. And so we're like, okay. Um, so the app environment is definitely, you know, has a very strong footing in terms of where we continue to go. Um, but moving forward, I'm going to, I'm going to move out of, and this is me still answering your question, Anthony, I'm going to move out of more of like some of the, the technical components, because I think the technical components continue to evolve and we just get more and more creative. We may have an idea of a process, like this is the consumer journey from purchase to access to using that's what I'm always thinking about. That's how I'm, and that's been my mindset from the beginning. And then how do you also use it where it's educational in a way? And Josh, you know this about me. It's always about how, how can we continue to educate uh, where going through. So on at six, for example, is based on the on it fitness system that we've created. It is a practical application of the on it fitness system. And so everything that we teach anybody that's taken our courses can look at that and go, Oh, I recognize that principle. I recognize that principle. I recognize that principle. So it's a manifestation of that. And that to me is where we start to get into the art of it, where yeah, it's an at-home fitness program, but how do we structure this and build it out and feed into the end user experience in such a way that when they come away from it, they have gained knowledge and through the use of it and getting their reps in, they get to translate that knowledge into wisdom and that that wisdom leads down the path to, well, actually knowledge into deeper understanding and that deeper understanding combined with that knowledge through experience leading to greater wisdom and that being the application, you know, in their own lives and just being able to help someone out. And I've got this really sore back rather than being, you know, simply uh, an end user. That's like, Oh, well, I do this really great. I mean, you could do this too. I do this really great program. You should try it. My back stopped hurting afterwards that they can make that reference. But at the same time, they can actually go, well, you know, something that really helped my back was in the mobility of this program that I do. Mm. We do these like spinal rolls and that started making such a massive difference and being able to share that with other people. So 
for me, it's been a, uh, like definitely a labor of love. And in a recent conversation with John, actually, uh, he, he brought this up and it, and it really kind of like struck me. He was like, yeah, I think in the building of this, we have been creating legacy pieces. And, and I love that. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been particularly attached to this idea of, well, what is my legacy and what am I leaving behind? I'm much more of a, what am I doing to be of service now? Whatever I do, whatever legacy that leaves behind, that is in the eyes and the hands of those people who, you know, may look back and remember what it's, how it was committed to. But for me, it's about like, what can I do now that will create impact now and for the long term? And, and he referred to that. And I thought, man, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it in those terms only had gone about building this out so that it was something of quality that would last the long term. And I think what I feel, you know, very good about is that we've created something that won't necessarily be simply um, generational or uh, simply, and not generational in terms of people generational necessarily, but, you know, generational in terms of fitness generations, like, oh, there's this, and that was part of that generation. And, oh, this is this, and that was part of that generation. But actually what we built out with this series alone, that's not what we will, you know, that doesn't count whatever we'll continue to develop. But with this series alone, that it could translate inside of one fitness time period and come over to another and still be relevant in another fitness time period and still be relevant where people are getting multiple uses out of it and gaining something different each and every time that they do it. And that to me, hearing the feedback from people once they go through second and third time and they're going, Oh, that third time, the first time was amazing, like awesome or hard and I got through it. Second time, it was like it changed a little bit, but all of a sudden I did third time and things opened up, which is cool for me because I, and maybe Josh, this is something you could speak to uh, better having taken the courses, but in terms of feedback that I've heard from people who have done the certifications multiple times, it's like, oh, every time I come back, I get something new. Mm. And that for me whether it's in the courses or in the fitness products that we create, that there are layers. I'm a layer kind of guy. And if we can add those layers so that it really does uh, give them more than the initial workout on the surface, which is also, that's also serving a purpose, but then if they can keep getting more out of it, then that for me is a, a big win. It's the boom. Yeah. I mean, from just from personal experience on a, on a, on a couple different notes, right. Uh, talking about the certifications, you're, you're spot on. I mean, I've taken a, a laundry list of certifications throughout the years. And my big thing when I go into certifications isn't necessarily to come away with like mind blowing, you know, you know, really groundbreaking changes in my philosophy, but more to like pick up on little nuances, like little cues that you might use or things that might move the needle in a demographic that I might not be able to communicate properly with. Right. So on that level, I walked away feeling like I could have spent double the amount of money for the certs, right? Cause those little cues that I learned and those little uh, tips and 
little visual things for me to look at really made a huge difference in terms of like my ability to help coach the clients that I work with down here. Um, and I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about when I was able to participate in the foundation, the online uh, foundation filming, right? That was a really big moment for me in my career because I was kind of going through that transitional period. And this was probably what, almost three years ago that we filmed that two years ago, uh, coming up on two years, two, two years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, kind of going through that where I was leaving Equinox and going into my own and I knew I wanted to get into the online realm, but holy fuck, I was scared. <laughs> you know, like I never really talked in front of a camera before with no one behind it. And, you know, every time I would, I would fumble through my words for 45 minutes trying to get through a 30 second clip and, you know, seeing you really handling that producer role um, and seeing John in front of the camera, like one of the things I remember talking to John about, like, I think it was John, me and, and Juan Leon, we were like, well, you know, you, you maybe messed up a couple of times. He's like, and, and what? And so I'm not human. I can't mess up and then keep going. I was like, fuck, I never really thought about it like that. Like I don't have to be this like perfect robot, like fitness robot, you know, doing things and, and saying exactly the right word in such an impactful way that it's going to blow, you know, like I have to be myself too. And that made me a lot more comfortable uh, in front of the camera and then kind of seeing you behind the scenes. Right. And you mentioned it earlier about how you were talking to the camera crew. And I, I know we get this a lot with the people that, you know, talk to us about shooting is like, well, you know, do you just go off of what the cameraman says? I'm like, no, it's like an interplay between like what he thinks is best for the shot and what I think will be best for the shot based on what you mentioned after the user experience. Like, what do I want the user, whoever's going to consume my content, what do I want them to be able to get out of it? Right. Educationally and visually. Um, and being able to see like you and, uh, and Jim and all those guys work together. And, and those guys were great too. Like any questions we had to ask, they answered all of them, you know, on the spot. They weren't, you know, they didn't try to like brown nose us or, or anything. So for me, that was probably one of the most impactful weekends of my career so far, because I knew going into it that, that I was going to, you know, really dive into the online realm, but I was scared shitless, you know? So like being able to go there and see you guys doing it and see you guys making the same mistakes or even having the same conversations that, that I was trying to have with people. It was like, okay, you know, take a deep breath, man. You're going to be fine. You're just getting into this. It'll be like, these guys are doing great. If, if, you know, and, and some of like you and I have had many conversations like after the cert during launch, during all the stuff and, you know, just your ability to be able to, I mean, you're one of the best communicators that I've, I've ever been around, to be honest. And I think part of what makes you so great at what you do is the fact that you can relate to everybody in their own little way. Right. And, mm -hmm. and whether that be in person or online, you know, if you're a coach out there, you know, try to find a way where you can make that happen where like, you know, for on at six, you guys are reaching thousands and thousands of people, but the message is still the same. So how do you get those people to understand what that message is, even though that might resonate with them differently, right? Or they might receive that information differently and have to process it differently. So, you know, I know I wouldn't be where I am today or be in front of the camera as comfortable as I am without, you know, your guidance. So I think that that says a lot about, you know, where, uh, where you've been, what you've done for on it and, and where you guys are going to be heading in the future for sure. And can I add one more thing in there? I think, um, 
off the bat, there's one word, one word that sticks out about on it, and that word is culture. Mm. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So that's like, uh, yeah, that's really. You want to talk about legacy? Yeah. That's uh, that's my my input on what you've done, at least for for me <laughs> in my career. So thank you, man. And as long as you, you um, shoot Josh's good side, he's happy. Yeah, get my good. I mean, my nose is huge. So if, if you get only get one side, it only blocks like a, a half a shadow. The other Make side, sure you zoom full into shadow. his legs a little bit. Yeah. His, oh, I've been trying to grow them again. Yeah, I'm good. still trying to get my legs like wands, but, you know, they just won't grow that much. There's all the practical. There's all the practical. Or, I mean, there's all the, the uh, yeah, there's all the, the feel goods. And then there's just practical. There's like, all right, and good side. And, you know, get my legs when the sun is shining from yeah. an angle. So it looks like I have I'm, a little bit of a I'm still trying to get the lens. I'm still trying to figure out what lens Eric and Juan use so I can get that for my camera. You know? Whatever makes their, their their muscles pop like that. I'm like, fuck, I got to Do you guys put a filter on that? What is that? Like, is that just what they put in the tacos in Austin? I don't <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, the tacos, I can speak to the tacos in Austin. There's definitely something there. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, I think the other trick, and I've, they have mentioned this, they're like, I just forced myself to start wearing short shorts, and then I, I had to get those legs growing. I don't think I could, I don't think I'll, you know, I mean, you instill a lot of, con- I don't think I'll ever have the confidence to wear the shorts, Eric. Wear. I mean, those things are almost not, they're almost a Speedo at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I have to say, uh, I'm like that, uh, that just like, yeah, I feel that big time being able to hear what even the experience of coming out. Cause I know that was something that even in the planning of the weekend. So this is another example, Anthony, I think, you know, uh, cause Josh, you were there like in the planning of the weekend layers yeah. it was, we didn't want everyone to just come out and simply be models on camera it was no we wanted everyone to come out and through the filming of the process be able to you know highlight and and we did we took a little bit of time introduce the camera crew i think you know it's cool that uh what you were saying josh about jim and his team just being so like down to earth and grounded that's something we've really resonated with them as well but i think it's something that they have also uh, feel extra comfortable at the space and on it. And they have said that, that they've always felt that comfortable because of how accepting, uh, and, and relatable that we like accepting of them and being able to relate to them as human beings. Mm. Like, I don't, it's strange how hard that can be, uh, for so many of us. Uh, thinking that we have to kind of be this other thing, depending on who we're interacting with, rather than just really being us and just really being real. And I think that ties back to, Anthony, what you were talking about in terms of culture and uh, that that is a part of the Onnit culture. It's something that while it attracts people of like mind, it is something that is very specific that we work on. Mm-hmm. And very specific that we continue to engender, uh, especially through the education 
like when we have time to be there in person altogether, that's something that we really, really continue to drive home. And so, yeah, that weekend of shooting was all about like, hey, we're going to get the content, but we also want it to be a learning experience for you guys. And we took extra time in the evenings to spend time with each other and connect just around being human beings and whatever that meant on a personal level, on a business level. So it was a packed, packed weekend. But uh, I know that uh, in having various conversations with folks that I think we got, you know, at least close to trying to succeed at what we were wanting to provide that weekend. And, And to hear that, out of that weekend, you got something, Josh, that really translated into the space that you were transitioning into uh, with more of the online. Mm-hmm. And and I will be like 100% straight up. Uh, when I first started filming my like tutorials for YouTube, like my first four, I remember them, uh, first four, it took me, they're like, a minute and a half, two minutes each. I must have spent like three and a half hours filming four of these things and going through the process of going, why is this taking so long? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yeah. But it was because I kept redoing it over and over because it wasn't perfect. Cause I was like, Oh, I flubbed my line. Damn it. I got to go back and I got to reset and do it all over again. And I think in, and then there came a point and it takes long. I think it was, you know, a year or two, probably two years, uh, a couple of years in where I started feeling like, man, it doesn't matter if I flub up. Uh, that's just me being real. And it's interesting because that really translated over to, so in the certs, you know how we always talk about when you're, when someone's having difficulty with something, and you're trying to find the right cue that will help them get past that whatever challenge or obstacle they're facing. We always talk about don't get caught up on because it's so easy as trainers or coaches to go, well, this is the solution to why you're having a hard time. Do that. OK, it's not working. Uh, do it more. OK, well, do it again. <laughs> yeah. do it it's not working. OK, do it harder, do it (laughs) faster. We get attached because we think, Oh crap. If I said to do this and I'm the person in a position of authority that they're looking to, if I tell them to do this and it's wrong, like it doesn't work. They'll think, I don't know what I'm talking about. They're going to think that I'm not as good a trainer. Maybe that guy's a better trainer because they can do it, bam, on the first one. And we get really attached to, no, this solution has to be the right one. And I'm going to make it work. I'm going to take a round peg and put it in a square hole no matter what. Whereas in the certs, we're always like, we'll reference that. And then that really your greatest strength as a coach is to be able to cycle through quickly, be actually as detached as possible to whatever your solution was, because the outcome is what's most important. Again, the end user experience. If you're training someone and they're feeling frustrated and having a hard time, you know, there are times where you're like, listen, this is going to be hard and we just got to work through it because you don't got it. And imagine how accomplished you're going to feel and how it's going to feed into everything else when you can get it. 
I need patience from you right now as we work through it. There are those times, but for the most part, if something's not working, you're like, okay, boom, try this. All right, boom, try that. Okay. How about this? Bam. And then that. And when it works, you catalog that in the back of your head. You're like, I know that's what works for that, but you don't stay attached to it. You move on from the solution as quickly as you did from the ones that didn't work. And nobody, nobody thinks any less of it. Nobody thinks, yeah, nobody cares. He was right. Yeah, yeah, nobody yeah, cares. Nobody You're cares. Like, this person, if you actually allowed yourself to take that time as you're going through the coaching, that lets them feel like they actually feel like, man, they took extra time to help me be accomplished. Right. They value the extra effort you made so that they could be successful. That's so huge. And that's the same translates the same into what uh, we do when we're online. It's okay. If you flub because a, it makes you more relatable and cause they're like, Oh, they're human too. And B, it just allows them to see that if they're in a position where they may be translating this to someone else, they don't have to be perfect either. The intention is what's important. As long as they're doing everything to make, you know, have the person be safe and not get hurt, then, you know, that's what's there. And so you get into a space where, you just feel more comfortable with that. And the more comfortable you can be with that, that actually, I would say, is what gets you through to the more, because we all want to be able to be in a space where we're like, man, I said something profound. <laughs> man, I said something that I could tell really hit home with people. If you allow yourself and don't get caught up on the stuff where you're like, uh, and you keep moving, so you're true. opening up the space to flow for the inspiration to flow yeah. for the energy to flow. And that because you're in a process of, uh, not just problem solving, but thinking through the different ways that this could be explained so that it resonates with this person and resonates with that person. That's where the thought processes come through where then you say something and you go, did that just come out of my mouth? Uh, hold up. <laughs> well, and I, right. I think too, you know, it's like everything that you just said, the whole culmination of all that really even shows in like the tools that you guys utilize, right. That are all based on the, the principles that are the underlying foundation from which you can work with those tools from. Right. So like, and this is where I think a, a lot, and we've had conversations like this in the past, right. Where like, I think a lot of trainers get into trouble is they're like, oh, well I'm the kettlebell guy or I'm, you know, I, I'm a power lifter. So we use barbells and dumbbells and chains and bands. It's like, well, what if people fucking hate the barbell? Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of barbell work. I, my collarbones all roughed up and, you know, bulging out of my chest because of Olympic lifting. What do you do then? You know, just like you were saying with the cues, what do you do if someone hates kettlebells or like, oh, well, it's banging on my wrist. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I have female clients that are like, I don't like using kettlebells because like it makes my wrist sore. I'm like, okay, well, you know, eventually that'll go away. But if you hate using them, then you're going to hate the workouts and I don't want that. So let's change it up. So, you know, I think even with the tools that you guys use, like some people like the steel mace, some people like kettlebells, some people are more body weight oriented, right? Where they really love doing all the, you know, animal flow or what, you know, the animal, uh, the on it style stuff that you guys the are doing. Animal. Yeah. We should, we should talk to Mike. I'm going to trademark that before you or Mike Fitch does. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the the website and everything. So the Instagram handle. I'm ready to I'm ready I'm ready to negotiate if you are. That's it. He's ready to build a program with you guys. I said produce it. Josh will be the But you know, I, I really do think that you know, and again, this is one of the, the greatest things that I learned from you and John was that if if you always build off of that strong foundation of of scientific principles, then everything else becomes a whole lot easier. It's easier to cue to people. It's easier to explain things on a deeper level. It's easier to switch between dumbbells and kettlebells and barbell and steel club and steel mace and still understand what's actually going on inside of the body to some degree. And then, you know, hopefully that'll relay into your clients or, or whoever uses your online programs. Like you were saying to be able to then go and help their family and help their friends because at the end of the day, like making money in fitness is great, but educating people so that, you know, cause not everyone's going to work with you forever. Right. They're definitely like, they're not going to work with us forever. So what happens then? Yeah. You know, yeah. what happens then? Are they going to be able to distinguish the difference between a quality coach and someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? It's just looking for a check. That's, what I hopefully instill in my clients, like, listen, when I am not a trainer at, you know, 55 anymore and you might still be around, like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to work with? What are the things I want you to not necessarily, if you want to coach great, I want you to have everything you need to not need a coach so that you can feel confident in the gym. Even if we still are training, if I'm on vacation, you're, you're confident and I don't have to be worried about you fucking yourself up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that in coming at it from that perspective, I think that especially in the early go, when I started in the fitness industry, I've been doing fitness since I was a teenager and not just fitness, but health and fitness and thinking about these things. And it was really passionate about me because it served what other things I was doing, helped me with my energy and all of whatnot. And when I first got into the fitness industry, that was one of the things that I noticed was because I was coming in, you know, Hey guys, let's work together. And everyone's kind of like, well, nah. these are my, my yeah. clients. You're too happy. I'm afraid they're going to want to go and train with you. And I'm like, ah, oh. like even some trainers I was friends with, there was still around clients. There was like a, uh, and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm not trying to take your clients, but this idea that, rather than being in a mindset of needing to like try and hold on to your clients and that those clients, you have to hold on to them forever because that's your book of business. That instead, if you come from it, from a place like you've just described where you're empowering them to uh, be able to do without you when they don't have you and then work with you when they do have you. And even the fact that you're thinking about them in the long term. You're thinking about them. Well, in 10 years from now, if I've moved to another city and we're not working together, like how's, how's what I'm going to do continue going to continue to serve you. And the thing with that is if you can let go, if any, you know, new trainer into the business and find themselves in that environment uh, and struggling with, you know, deep down, I think they're probably like, well, I don't want to have to struggle or fight for my clients with my coworkers, you know, if we're in the same space, it's, well, no, if you come from this place of empowerment, then more often than not, even if they have to go for a little while, more often than not, those people, they do continue to train with you because in continuing to train with you, it's not the same thing. It's like every layer that you empower them 
with, you empower them, then the, then the work they do with you goes deeper. And you empower them more, and then the work go, it, with them goes deeper, and they start getting something way more than, you know, this. And like That's looking this. pretty good, by the way. <laughs> you know, when you have some time, what, when in doubt, what do you what, what do? You do? I'm unconventional. Curl, I, curl in the squat rack. I do bicep curls. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> But yeah, so I think that in that idea of like in come from that place like you are of empowering and it actually deepens the longer you work with someone. And so they will continue to get more out of the experience with you and they will value that. And even if they can't train with you anymore, if anybody else is like, man, I really need to do this. Who is going to come top of mind? They're like, go see Josh, go yeah. see Anthony, like they are going to give you, I had this amazing experience. I don't train with them anymore, but it switched my whole life. That is profound. Absolutely profound. Um, and I think I want to touch on uh, real quick, because I know we're getting close to the end of our time. I'm sure we could probably <laughs> oh, keep it going. I could talk to you for weekend. years, man. Year. <laughs> I pick your brain about everything. But I, like, I've just really been enjoying this. I think something that you hit on, which is I would, I would like to, to touch on and will continue and finish to answer Anthony's question <laughs> around where, you know, where have things come with the online and, and then what, where do I see it going or what would be my hope? And so what you were touching on from, as we were talking about coaching cues and all of that, that, you know, the different tools that we have. So we have five pillar principles for the uh, Onnit Fitness System. And the first principle is unity in diversity, unity in diversity. And this idea of unity in diversity is a term that like if people hear it now, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's not like super out of whack. But if you were to actually break it down into their individual terms and then and see how they fit together, it's a little bit of an oxymoron. And because unity, if we think about unity, the coming together, you know, all of these things, uh, finding common ground, if taken to its extreme and it can get taken to its extreme, if taken to its extreme, unity can become conformity and diversity is, you know, especially in this day and age, oh, diversity of uh, races, languages, cultures, like all these things that are positive things seen as the positive to bring together. Diversity, if taken to its extreme, can actually be uh, manifest itself as chaos because it's just tons of different things pingballing all over the place. And I think we've seen that in the fitness industry at different times over the years. I think it's coming around, but definitely in the, uh, I want to say mid to late 2000s and then the early kind of 2010s, like that period, especially, especially muscle confusion, you know, <laughs> like, uh, just do everything yeah. different all the time. And there's, there's huge benefit to being able to do that from time to time, tap into that and challenge yourself. But if it is just something completely different all the time, it is difficult to draw on the strengths of each of those things and direct them in a meaningful way, direct them in a purposeful way that helps move 
the ball forward. And so that's where the term together of unity and diversity is this idea of let's take the strengths of all these things we have access to. And I think that's even more relevant now today than ever before, because in the past, if you were, you know, you lived out in the country and you owned a ranch and like, how did you do your fitness? I have a DVD and I have a barbell in my barn and like, that's all I've got. I don't have options. Whereas nowadays with the advent of the internet over the last couple decades and the amount of information and what people have access to, we have access to oh, yeah. a lot of things, even just getting the equipment, at least here in the U S like H- hundreds, Amazon, yeah. two days, Boom. you know, prime. <laughs> And they're not the only ones. Everybody else is trying to catch up to that game to be able to provide that too. So we have so many options. And with so many options, I remember when uh, opt-in emails first started and you signed up for everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't sign up for anything. Like, nah, opt out, opt out. Oh my God. Like it, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It could have nothing related to you. You're like, Ooh, that's interesting. I'll enter email and it will come to me. I don't even have to search the internet. Now now I have that email where it's like, you know how sometimes you have to sign up for stuff to actually get into something. So I have that one email that I use that I know it's like my junk email. So I'm like, I don't ever see this. So let me just use this one for those kind of things. And then I don't even have to look at it. Yeah. And now because the online world, we access that information from so many different sources, it's flipped. Everybody now is not automatically signing up for everything because they know what that's going to translate into. Now they're actually like putting up the boundaries and go, okay, I need to discern what I'm going to allow into my life because it's too much. So thinking in terms of like that diversity, having all the things, but, and all the things all having some kind of benefit or strength, but not being able to direct it in a purposeful way. And that's where unity comes in because unity is about finding the common ground. What are the through lines that are, that connect these things? What, what is the same that allows us to come to a place of rather than, Oh, well, I only use kettlebells or I only use barbells. It's like, okay, well, what is the same in barbell lifting and what is the same in kettlebell lifting that we can find common ground and then explore what the differences are to serve those strengths, right? To actually the kettlebell to serve what people are doing in powerlifting and the powerlifting to serve what people are doing in kettlebell training and all the different tools. So unity in diversity is that first principle. And we talk about that and that this is the same in terms of training concepts and it is the same with equipment. And we, like you said, Josh, we manifest that very directly with a variety of not just a variety of equipment, but a variety of unconventional equipment Oh yeah, as well as as conventional, but a bunch of unconventional equipment that makes people kind of have to think and kind of go, Oh, this isn't auto. I actually have to work (laughs) at this a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so when we have that bringing the tools together, what an amazing example for you to say, well, I have some clients that don't like the kettlebell. The kettlebell has amazing benefits and a lot of kettlebell enthusiasts and uh, like people who are very passionate about it. Advocates would be like, well, suck it up and get used. 
kettlebell has too much for you not to train with the kettlebell. (laughs) Whereas you're going, okay, well, what other things can I do that, what that have some sameness of qualities while offer their own different strengths? Oh, okay. Let's use a steel mason instead. Let's use a steel club instead. Um, those types of things being able to draw together and eventually say for your client as they're working with a mace or a club and they get used to working with an offset tool that isn't going to like bang them up as much, then they start creating a stronger relationship to that, you know, the term mind body connection and, and that idea of how do I move this tool in connectivity through what's happening in my body to this offset load, which challenges me more than something that's evenly loaded to eventually coming back around and going, Hey, let's, uh, let's put a kettlebell down. We usually do swings with clubs. Let's do a kettlebell. You know, I'm not so, Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do anything. That's going to bang up your wrist. Just have a swing with the kettlebell. It's going to input different things into your body, but you know how to swing that's what's most important. Now we're just going to start giving you new stimulus and that new stimulus is going to continue to progress your results and what you've been getting. Oh, okay. Well, I want continued success and I trust you and we're not going to bang me up. So then we slowly start to introduce them to this idea of like, Oh, I can use different things in different ways. So that unity and diversity is, uh, a major principle of how we approach fitness and that principle can be applied to, you know, lots of different thought processes. And I'm going to tie that back into Anthony and where you're like, so where do you see kind of fitness and the online fitness going? And I think we've had, uh, the folks who recognized like the early adopters, folks who recognize the, the strength of having an online presence or just having online. You're like, wait, if I'm working out in a gym or like training people in a gym and it's an hour for per person and I work 12 hours a day, uh, I max out at 12 people a day. And then I have the hours that I need to have for programming. And then I need to, you know, and all of this and you realize, wait, I don't have a life. Yeah. Big, facts exactly. <laughs> Big facts there. Big facts there. We've been there. there. Yeah. And so, you know, that idea of there's a ceiling to in person, you know, there's a, there is a ceiling. There's a, that's a real thing. Now you may not need more than what you have, but what the potential of online provides is uh, something that you have already created. You have already put in the work you know, it's along the lines of passive income, like people, but this isn't, it isn't just about passive income. It's, and I hate to use the word passive. I don't like passive, but because you worked for it. So it's not like, Oh, I'm sitting back and I'm making exactly. money. Yeah. We talk about that myth all the time. Cause heck, oh it, it takes a long yeah. time to get those programs. It always irks me when people are like, Oh, I can't wait till like, I'm going to be making it's going to, I'm going to be like chilling on a beach in Thailand, making some passive income. I'm like, you have no fucking clue. You have no clue what you're getting. Your good yeah. luck. All right. Let me know when you shoot all 850 videos for your index. Let me know how long that took. That takes months, you know, yeah, advertise that, it, make the, the edits, content the marketing, 
You know, yep. the, the, the email campaigns, yep. like you responding let, yeah. to messages, you let me know when you're working a half hour a week <laughs> and, then you gotta yes. still, and even you got to still work with your team. If you hire yeah. them to do all your, to help yeah. you with Meetings, the support, you still got to yeah. do stuff Check-ins. with them. If yeah. it's not with the clients, you got to do the stuff with them who are going to be working that, with the clients. That was actually one of the things that I was running into, even in like in my own business in the early days that I recognized, I'm like working with a team makes a massive difference because if not, then it's you. Oh, and man. if it's you, there's creation mode and then there's serving your community mode. Like just having, like being able to have someone that can answer uh, emails and inquiries. If you have any kind of uh, build in where a community is set up, where you're interacting with your community on a regular basis, like there is so much time you get through. And then once you get through creating all of that stuff, you're like, Oh, thank goodness. Passive income. Yeah. All <laughs> now the coaching. Yeah. yeah. Now there's all the coaching. Yeah. And then the ones that have been with you from the beginning and already using your stuff, they're like, cool. What next? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I just finished. What do you mean? What next? Mm-hmm. I can't. So for all, co- like- so for all the coaches out there, don't <laughs> promise your husband or wife that you're going to live your life with them on the beach past a certain age because, uh, impossible that, that passive, uh, Income, you think it is a uh, get ready for those long conversations. <laughs> um, so honey, yeah, yeah, um, remember yeah. how I said yeah. that we were gonna <laughs> go to New York? Well, uh, that's not and, happening. And travel every weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Some company hit me up, I gotta shoot a bunch of content now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but well, and and this ties into and that's even more real now, and this ties into where we're going because. So passive, this idea of passive, it's not passive, but it is that you have, it's automatic. Mm -hmm. So you have the stuff that's in real time, and then you have the stuff that you've developed that is automatic online. Like that's online so that someone being able to access the value that you have to give, you have value to provide. And if you have the opportunity and the option for someone to access the value that you have, on their schedule. Well, now you have just expanded Mm -hmm. your impact. You have just expanded your reach. If you have one customer that clicks on your thing and goes, Oh, I'm going to use this online program, or I'm going to use these workouts. This is awesome. You've already hit, you've now hit someone that you never would have, uh, touched, (laughs) hit someone that you never would have had the opportunity to hit. Um, but you, you have that opportunity now that you couldn't have if you were just real-time training. And right. in this global era where we are inextricably, inextricably intertwined, we are connected. There's no doubt about that. And every time someone brings up that, no, we're doing it on our own. And I think we've had some examples of that here in the U S that have then gone to show, actually, we're not, we're connected to the rest of the world that, there is a whole world out there that could benefit from the value of what you have to provide, which is good for you business-wise and then good for you just on a soulful level, you know, on a oh, yeah. purpose and meaning level of what you're doing. So it's not about, so we have people who recognized early on, okay, online, this is the way to go. Uh, those of us that recognized this was the direction we were going and okay, dishwasher and you know the fuses and i'm going to try and make my rocket i'm just going to like try and put this thing together and then there are those that are like i'm not an online kind of person 
And I just prefer being face to face. And that in and of itself also has massive value and massive benefit because there isn't just, you know, the example I gave of 12 hours a day, one hour, that's one-on-one training. You also have classes and there are gyms that are built off of small group training models, uh, super valuable. And so there's lots of different things that you can do, but this is where I think we're going is there's still been a bit of a divide between those who have jumped online and taken advantage of what that looks like. This is kind of, you know, we're still at the edge. We have been in the early gold rush era of the internet, right? And from a fitness standpoint, like, whoa, here are all the people that I can access doing this. And then there's the other school where, well, this is where my experience has been. This is where uh, my client base is, is. I think anybody that is also hesitant to go into online understands and recognizes how much work that takes. Hundred oh, yeah. like, I already don't have any time in my day <laughs> with what I'm doing. I'm at the gym 13 hours a day, just trying to run my business. And so, but as you had mentioned earlier, the pandemic like launched us five years into the future. And what it did was it made very clear the relevance and importance of having an online presence in some form. It doesn't have to be huge, but in some form and that as a gym, and this is something that, you know, we've continued to build with, uh, within the Onnit gym as well is just like you were saying, Joshua, where you were saying, okay, my clients are training with me. I want to empower them enough to know what to do if I give them a program so that then when they're not with me, they're traveling or whatever, they can still keep working out. Well, you can have a gym and you can have your classes, but if your class model is built off of something that you can translate into an online offering as well, and it's included in your gym membership, you know, or a little extra uptick, whatever ends up working best for you. In the end, someone's like, oh, well, I'm paying so that when I come into the gym, I get to have my personal contact because a lot of people that come into the gym, that's half of why they're doing it. They want to be with other people doing this. They want to feel the encouragement and the support because when they're at home doing it on their own. Oh, yeah. Probably doesn't happen. I want that environment. Exactly. And that culture, that's something that, you know, really draws people in. That being said, people are busy. People have their jobs, their kids, their kids activities. There's like, I have kids. And so that's something that's a real reality for me, but you know, you're uh, like all kinds of your community service activities, just things you want to go do for yourself, lay on the beach, you know, for a couple hours and, Imagine and visualize so that you can manifest passive income as you do nothing. Okay. But, I'm know. still dreaming about it. <laughs> like maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe, well, maybe we got a taste I, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the idea, I, I really think that in the end, anybody that is doing what we're doing and has stayed in has stayed in the, not just the industry, but in the field, because it's becoming a little more gray. It's not as black and white. It's It's not just a trainer or PT. No, no. It's health and wellness and lifestyle and 
people do have it enough, like a lot of trainers and coaches, not all, but even people just on their own who are enthusiasts sure. have a sense of nutrition, you know, and the principles of nutrition that can support. So it's, it's more in its totality, which is something that really resonated for me when I was asked to come to on it is total human optimization. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's like an approach that I have. And I recognize that it's not just this or not just that, but how do all the pieces connect together um, to fill the whole picture? And so this idea of in-person and online. So we get catapulted by the pandemic where everybody recognizes, all right, I have to go online, even gyms, because if I don't do this via my Zoom class, I'm like, I'm going to lose my gym. Like, I'm just not going to have a business. And so it's forced a lot of people. And I, I want to give, I'm in a different scenario uh, with our company. And we actually, if anybody thinks, oh, well, they're, they're a bigger company. So it didn't affect them as much. Onnit Gym shut down. Everybody did. And we had to shut down and... And then when we were able to start opening up, we had to completely rearrange the model in which we operated. And in trying, like in operating that way, we then also had to like work through to get to a point where we're even making a profit. You know, everything was just working on now as a company, we have a supplement component, we have equipment component, we have online digital content component, which like you said, Anthony, we'd already been building this out because we knew this is, this was needed. If we were going to have longevity, sure. this is an important part of that longevity. And it was going to serve little did we know that it would be this extreme. And in this extreme case, even when we sold out of all of our equipment and people were going, <laughs> I can't get equipment. When, when are you getting it back? We're like, well, yeah, I saw some of those comments on the on it tribe. They're like, please, please. And you're like, what are oh we, what are we going to do? Like they, yeah. <laughs> we're having the same supply line issues as everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, working on it and doing better now, like having gotten past that, but even after all those things, the, and because having a supplement, line, which is a, like the major part of your business is not a reality for everybody. I'm just going to talk about the fitness content side on at six did really, really well for us. I was like the and insurance the, for the, for the gym being closed. Exactly. <laughs> and so even though, yeah, gym was closed, uh, fitness equipment was sold out. We had no other real means of income from a fitness side, but we had the digital content and the digital content sales went. Mm. And so so that's what, and we have that, and we were even building that into the Onnit Gym prior, excuse me, prior to the Onnit Gym shutting down was building an online component that uh, mirrored what we were doing in the gym. So that that way you have people that when they can choose to come to the gym and be a part of the culture, they have the gym to come to when they are busy or they, you know, their day got away on them or it's been a week and they still haven't been able to get to the gym. Okay. The weekend, I have a bit of time. I'm going to hit the online. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm going to get a good sweat. I'm going to sweat it out. Yes. And, and I'm going to go in and from there, like reset my training clock and, yeah. you know, get rolling and I'm going to get back to the gym. The value of having that, because we do have a lot of people who also, you know, gym members who travel. Um, and so 
they can continue to access that. And then when they come back into the gym, they haven't missed a beat. They're like, Oh yeah, I know. I know what we're doing. I know what we're on. So in person and online, this is the future of fitness and a really good example of this. Like this is where we're moving. It's not just online and it's not just in person. It's the melding of the two and finding the right balance, the harmonious balance for your business. Um, Oh, which brings me back. I forgot to say that. I forgot to <laughs> the whole point that I was saying, you know, we were, we were lucky in the situation that we had, that we have the supplement side and all of these things and the online digital content. But what I was starting that off with wanting to say was my hat is off to all of those gym owners that like didn't miss a beat. Okay. Maybe they skipped a step, but you know, they're very right. quickly like, okay, what's zoom click, 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 click. And just offered classes from yeah. their living room for their gym members. I have numerous friends who are gym owners that went in and did that and kept providing value oh, despite yeah. the whole world being rocked and their world being rocked and the potential of their business shutting down. They went, well, this isn't ideal. And this isn't, I don't know long-term what this is going to look like, but I am going to continue to provide that value for my gym community, for my clients through this online endeavor until we can get the doors open again. And that takes massive strength to oh, just yeah. Yeah. be on the precipice of the cliff and the people on your right and your left starting to kind of find themselves falling forward and you go hand, hand, I got you. Yeah. We're good, you yeah. know? So huge shout out to all of those gym owners that like really, really did that. And, and I saw examples of their community reciprocating just how much that meant to them because for them, they were going through the same thing. Yeah. And this was a part of their life, their lifestyle, what helped keep them balanced. Um, so it is going to be a combo of the two. Another quick example I will say is once we started filming the lectures and whatnot for the foundation's online certification, I had a few of our certified trainers come up to me and say, so hold on, you're putting the certs online. Does that mean we're not going to be doing live certs anymore? And my answer was always like, no. <laughs> no, not at all. What this does is it increases, like we talked about earlier, it increases the reach that we have the opportunity and to continue to be able to serve more people than those that we already have and seeing what it's been able to do for the people that have come through. Like, why would I not want this to get out to, to China and Italy and uh, Estonia exactly. and South Africa, like why not? And in being able to have an online presence in that way, what we end up doing is also creating a platform that if you have a platform that everybody who's gone through and taken that online or those online courses, everyone then coming in the door for a live event goes, we're all on the same page. Yep. Yep. And well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
what you're able to start doing, we now don't need to go through, although I'm very passionate about the process that we do take people through over the course of two days. And I feel like we do a, a, like a, a solid job of taking people from zero into we're in this together. Sure. Like, yep. what are we doing? And on the same page and starting to explore the edges of what we're moving people towards. Whereas if you have the online, now everybody comes through, what that does is it gives us space to start to evolve what the live events are like. And that is something that we've also had people asking about. Like, okay, and uh, like the Josh's were like, I've done them all. I'm ready. Woo. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to say one what thing. Sense? We are right yeah. now in the age of information. Yeah. The age of info. Yeah. And, and, and information right now is the second biggest way to be, to make money yeah. and to be able to grow your business. It's so crazy. Sam or crazy. Jesus. Wow. We got Sam right after you. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe I called you Shane. Yo, I know. Surprisingly, we got Sam. I know how funny is that? We got, yeah, we got Sam yeah. right after you. I love you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we almost hit uh, an hour and a half, man. I want to, you know, it's thank you. one of you. our longer podcasts. Yeah, That's I want to thank you for coming on. And, and the obviously- last thing, like, just to tie those things together, it mm-hmm. is the combo of the two. It is that you will have an online platform and you will have a way for people to reach and then the live. Live is not going away because in this day and age more, and I think the pandemic also highlighted that. Yep. How much people before right. it was like they people kind of going, I need That's space. Right. That's right. Yeah, they miss and it. And now it's now about, back to- I need to be with people. And so that is the future. The Love technology it. will continue to evolve and we will continue to make the best use of that technology to create the best end user experience in such a way that it provides layers so that they can have and grow and then also take that feel empowered to be able to hand that to other people and support their journeys as well. So uh, I think all of that. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Shane, where can people find you? You know, how can they reach out to you? All, all right. that good stuff. So, this is a, all right. Ooh. This is a fun one. Um, Instagram, uh, Shane Hines, my name. Uh, I'm not a huge, at least at the moment, uh, I'm not a huge online uh, presence. We'll get you there. All of my time is in building stuff, but, uh, but yeah, that would be, that for me is still my primary, uh, social, uh, space in which I'm able to connect with people and will always come back to, uh, outside of that though, I have just recently launched, uh, shanehines.com. And Ooh, so congrats. congrats. You can email, uh, it's, it's been a long time, long time coming and just being able to provide a space where, uh, yeah, you can uh, go to the site, shanehines.com and contact me through there. And we will continue to slowly build out additional value, uh, through that vein, as well as my continued work with. And you definitely got to put a a throwback section for your first, uh, online videos you used to do back in the day. Yeah, right. I need to see a highlight clip of that. Yeah, love to do some of those. Yeah. Well, one last time, Shane. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Obviously, we've we both uh, you know have benefited from everything that you've been doing in your career, and I I can only imagine the amount of people that are going to be able to say that in the future as well. So, thank you so much, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. And and when you're in Miami, we'll best have you here in person. Yeah, we're we're trying to get out of Austin early next year too. So we'll we'll see you soon, hopefully. All right. All right, man. Looking forward to it. See you later. Yeah, thank thank you you for coming on. Great one. Until next time, guys. 
Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoy this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.